Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our lesson from last week with Acts chapter 6, verses 3 through 15. As the apostles died off and the written New Testament was completed, they were replaced by evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Once the fullness of the doctrine of ecclesiology was unfolded, every church had elders and deacons. Acts 6, verses 1 through 7, marks the beginning of the office of deacon in the church. The remainder of this chapter focuses mainly on one chosen deacon, Stephen. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, The Infant Church Takes First Steps, Part 2. Now, it's not spelled out in the text exactly, but it's quite clear there was open communication between the leaders, the apostles, and the people involved in the ministries of the church. There was a very close fellowship. And then we saw the leaders maintain their priorities. Good leaders don't abandon what God calls them to do. There are many good works to be done, but that doesn't mean everyone should do all of them. And leaders especially have to prioritize and they have to equip and, and utilize the gifts of other people. So the leaders propose the solution. They figure out a way to not minimize what they do, but they harness the gifts of, that God has given to other people. And here's another practical application you can make, make from that. Whenever you begin to do something in the church... Whenever you see a need and you start to meet it, whenever you accept a responsibility and you, start to, and you start to do it, you should immediately, always, and forever be seeking out and challenging others to come and help you do it. That's how people learn to serve, by being asked to serve, by having someone show them how to serve, and they join you, and they, and they help. That is uh, that's called a discipleship. That's how disciples are made. That's exactly what Jesus did. He brought these guys together. He taught them, and he, and he had them go to work. Then we have the congregation getting involved in this. They are asked to participate by recommending qualified people to take on the responsibility. Notice they said, select from among you qualified men. That reflects the godly wisdom of leading by sound principles rather than by making edicts. They said, okay, you see who is being faithful. You know the people around you. You recommend to us people whom we may put in charge. And that's the next principle. The leaders screen the recommendations. Spiritual leadership is not a matter of a popularity contest or democratic rule. It's led by the most godly ones who take the oversight to take the initiative to find the people to train and equip to be servants and potential leaders. And then you see the leaders seek agreement from the people. 
to confirm those additional leaders, and they select from among you seven men full of, or seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. So that brings us to the next step in our text. New leaders are recognized and commissioned in public. So people are put forth for the job. Verse 5. The statement found approval with the whole congregation. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. Now, Notice again the solid solid connection between the apostles and the whole congregation. Wise, humble, godly leadership coupled with willing submission and faithful service, that's the formula for a very healthy church. Now, what do we know about these first deacons? Well, we know that each of them had a good reputation That means that they were known by others and they were highly regarded by all. And as we see this fleshed out further, when Paul writes down the qualifications for deacons, he says, having a good reputation with those on the outside. So it's not just somebody who is nice to you at church, but it's also somebody who doesn't abuse employees and harass neighbors and, and make himself a jerk outside of, of church. So good reputation. And each one was full of the Spirit and of wisdom. Remember the idea of being full of something means to be guided and controlled by it. If you say someone is full of jealousy, well, jealousy is controlling what they do. Full of anger, anger is controlling what they do. Full of compassion, Compassion is controlling what they do. Well, full of the Spirit means they're um, doing those things that would eventually be written down as the fruit of the Spirit that's manifest in their lives. They also were guided by wisdom, which means they were knowledgeable about God's Word, and their advice had known to be, was known to be trustworthy because of the way they lived. Now, what about the specific guys? Well, Stephen is the... Uh, the one here who's going to attract the most attention. He's going to play a key role in spreading the gospel in Jerusalem. And it was, now here comes a spoiler alert, Peter's, or Stephen's persecution and martyrdom that's about to happen, that's going to propel the church to spread out from Jerusalem. Remember Jesus said, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, outside the the walls of Jerusalem, and Samaria and the remotest parts of the earth. Well, Stephen getting persecuted was a catalyst. We'll see that when we get a little bit further in Acts. Then there's Philip. Philip is the second most of them. He's going to be prominent for a little while later in Acts. He is the one who's going to take the gospel to the Samaritans. Oh, and that was leaping a firebreak. Jews and Samaritans didn't have anything to do with each other. Do you remember what a scandal it was when Jesus said, we're going to cut through Samaria on the way to Galilee? (gasps) Jews don't do that. Philip took the gospel to the Samaritans, and then famously, he took the gospel to a eunuch 
from Ethiopia. Wow, that's pretty unique. By the way, that's a good mission strategy. Go to your local campus, find the foreign students, witness to them, lead them to Christ, and send them back home. You're sending out missionaries that don't have to go through language school. That's exactly what happened with the gospel going to Ethiopia. And interestingly, four of Philip's daughters were to become prophetesses. We'll talk about that when we encounter it later. Now, we don't have any biblical information about the other five of these seven. Uh, There are some traditions which connect this guy Prochorus with the Apostle John. It's theorized he might have been John's amanuensis when John wrote the Gospel of John. Uh, Those same traditions say that uh, Prochorus eventually became the Bishop of Nicomedia. That's the capital city of the Roman province called Bithynia, and that he was eventually martyred in Antioch. I can't refute any of that, but I also can't prove any of that. It's certainly plausible. The only other comment we have here among these other five is that Nicholas was a proselyte. That means he wasn't born a Jew. He was a Gentile who converted to Judaism, and he came from Antioch. Now, it's interesting, that may have been especially used by God when the gospel went to the Gentiles, and Antioch became the first fully Gentile church that sent out missionaries. They sent out um, Paul and Barnabas on their first uh, missionary journey and their second, for that matter. So the names don't matter a lot, but you're going to see quite a bit about Stephen, and you're going to see quite a bit about Philip, and trust me, The other five were nice guys too. So, a need arises. Leaders prioritize. Leaders propose a plan. People are put forth. The leaders pray and confirm. Verse 6, and these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. Laying hands on is identifying with somebody. We do it at uh, ordination services. We do it when we Uh, typically send out people on short-term missions. Call them up, have the leaders pray for them, put your hands on them uh, in the sense of, you know, we're connected here and we're like, it's like we're conferring upon you our blessing. We are praying for God's power for you, for for your ministry. The fact that this was a wise step to take in the development of the new church and how it operates is evident from the next step. God keeps moving. Look at verse 7. The Word of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And then here, listen to this. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. That phrase continued to increase, increase greatly shows that even the very best efforts of the, uh, of the counters, they couldn't keep up with the exact number, but the intensity of the caring for one another never waned. And then there's this astonishing, God-glorifying thing, a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Now, remember, it's been the high priests the chief mucky mucks, the ones that controlled the Sanhedrin, they're the ones that have been systematically persecuting the Christians. This is talking about the everyday priests.
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.